as individuals, um, we need to learn how to best adapt to the, the world we live in today. And, you know, that starts with, um, again, being able to think more critically about what we experience, more critically about how we think, uh, more critically about the role that emotions play in our, in our lives. So really in some ways to increase our level of self-awareness. Welcome back to the Max Out Show, where today I'm joined by Dr. Paul Knapper, a peak performance psychologist that helps business leaders level up their game. He's the author of the phenomenal book, The Power of Agency, and that's exactly what we'll talk about today, how to conquer obstacles, make effective decisions, and live life on your terms. So Paul, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much, Max, for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. And I'm already super excited to have you. We had a fantastic pre-interview talk. Um, and so to get us started, um, can you share for our listeners who've probably never heard of the term agency before, what that actually is and why it's so important? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect place to start. So agency is our capacity as, as human beings to uh, take command of our lives. It is, it is our ability to to marshal all of the resources we have inside ourselves um, to make good choices and then to act on those choices. And as you just said a minute ago, create the kind of lives that we want to live. So, um, so agency is really the, 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 you know, our ability to, um, to, to, to basically, um, you know, be who we want to be in the world and create uh, the kind of communities around ourselves and create the kind of lives we want to live. Yeah, I love that. So what happens when people don't develop that agency actively in their lives? Like what are some of their struggles that come from that then? Yeah, great question. Um, when people don't have a, 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 a well-developed uh, level of personal agency in their lives, they often feel stuck. They feel, uh, you know, thwarted. They feel um, powerless. Um, and so, uh, when people feel, a, you know, a sense of diminished agency, uh, you know, what that often implies is that they're having a hard time, um, making sense of the situation they find themselves in, um, and, and, and making decisions, uh, the, the kind of decisions that, that, that can help them to move forward. Um, and then a lot of times they don't, they're not taking action. So they're, 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 they're both stuck in assessing their situation, making the kinds of decisions they need to make and taking action on those decisions. So you know, really when we want to develop more agency, it's how do, what do we need to do as people to more fully access what we have, all the resources we have inside ourselves to help us with those three tasks, you know, making sense of our situation, making the uh, taking action on those decisions. Yeah, how far listeners has really become obvious now that building that sense of agency is absolutely crucial in your life, especially in these times right now. And so before the interview, I share one of the most fascinating things about your work is this buffer mechanism, where in that sense that building agency actually buffers against anxiety and overwhelm and stress. So can you share a little bit of that research of how we can actually learn to buffer against these negative things that especially right now during this COVID crisis are affecting so many of us? 
You know, it's a re- it's a really good question, and uh, what 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 we find today is that uh, many people are struggling with anxiety. They're struggling with the the, the a sense of worry. Some people with a sense of, of of dread about the future and a sense of there's so many big problems in the world, including COVID, um, that uh, uh, people can can lose their sense of optimism and and their sense of of of, of power. Um, and so, what what you just mentioned about buffer is is the idea that when we have full access to our personal agency. Um, we actually have more resilience. Um, so we have, you know, a, a greater uh, capacity uh, to, to stay grounded and focused. Um, and we also have, an, have this important ability uh, to adapt. So as, as humans, we all, we all need to learn and adapt in, in, our, in our lives, right? We, a, big, a big part of being a human being is we're constantly faced with new situations that require us to, uh, to make sense of them and to make choices um, based on, on the, those situations. And the goal is for us to adapt, to adapt in ways that are healthy, that promote uh, you know, high quality life, that create a kind of, the kind of society we want to create, we want to live in. Um, and so this idea of when we focus on, on, on building agency inside ourselves, which is what our book is about, we actually solve the problem of, you know, how do we, um, adapt, how do we adapt? How do we best adapt to whatever life throws our way? So whatever type of crisis, small, large, um, you know, in between, uh, when we have higher levels of agency, we have a we have more resiliency, as I just said, and we also have a, a better ability to adapt, um, and that is essential to us because at the end of the day, um, we 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 are always needing to adapt, and as the world moves faster and faster, um, you know, for a variety of reasons, um, we're being challenged to adapt, you know, faster to be able to adapt more readily to the changing uh, situations we face. So that's where agency comes in. It's why, it's why agency becomes such an important consideration. And, you know, and the good news is we can build it. We, you know, when we understand what agency is and why it matters, um, we can actually build greater agency in ourselves. You know what I love about the book and, and your work really is like you lay, down, you lay out really step-by-step principles that tell people exactly what they need to do. So which actions you can take to do exactly that, to build more agency in our lives. And I would really love to start discussing the first one, which is controlling our stimuli. So can you show us a little bit about how does stimuli and our environment, whether that is our phones, whether it is you know, social media, whether it's movies, whether it's newspapers, whether it's the people around us, how do those things affect our brain and why you know, not taking care of that can oftentimes lead to depression or anxiety or overwhelm in our lives. Yeah, that's a real, that's a great question. Um, yeah, the very first principle of agency, in other words, what, what helps us to, to build greater agency in our lives is called, we call control stimuli. And this has become an absolute essential uh, in today's environment because we are bombarded with stimuli each and every day, each and every minute of every day. 
And if we simply allow that stimuli in to our brains in, in a completely unfiltered, unregulated way, we essentially give away our personal power to that information. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to exercise um, good, a good amount, a healthy amount of control over what we, what we expose ourselves to in the way of stimuli. And, you know, that is any type of stimuli, you know, largely today we have, uh, did, you know, primarily digital stimuli, right? We, most of all of us are on uh, computers, we're on our, our mobile devices. Um, we, we receive a ton of digital stimuli all the time. Our brains work best when they're not overwhelmed by too much stimuli. So um, that becomes the challenge. And so, so if we uh, limit our exposure uh, to high quality information um, and, 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 a, and a good amount of it, we, it actually helps us to make sense of the world around ourselves and to make good decisions. If we overwhelm ourselves with too much information and also, you know, poor quality information, you know, uh, information that's not um, based in fact and reality, um, we actually um, lose our capacity to effectively make sense of, of, of the situation we find ourselves in and make good choices. So this is why controlling stimuli is, is very important um, because again, you know, overwhelm is a, a, a significant problem in the, the world today, people feeling overwhelmed. And a lot, of, a lot of it, a significant portion of that can be traced to people simply exposing themselves to unhealthy amounts of stimuli. And so when we learn how to control that, it's similar to taking in food, right? I mean, you know, if we eat way too much food, um, we're not going to feel good. Our bodies aren't going to function well. Our brains are not going to function well. Well, stimuli is, is very similar. It's, it's, it's actually the idea of taking in a healthy amount of stimuli and also um, good quality stimuli. So it's become much more important. Of course, we all, we're all coming to realize this, much more important to exercise uh, some caution on what information we expose ourselves to. There's a lot of disinformation uh, out there and it masquerades as being accurate, reliable information when in fact it is not. So we all have to develop the skill to determine, you know, what's reliable information and what is, is, is completely unreliable information. Yeah, so when it comes to choosing the kind of information that we want to download into our brains, where they're sitting, is one of the most important and critical decisions we can make in our lives. So one thing you mentioned is like, is this actually accurate, right? I think that is one easy guidepost um, that we can follow. Um, one thing I've been really fascinated by is like, like the simple idea of like cutting out negativity. Is that another thing that, that you personally have practiced or would recommend to people is just cutting out things that even if they're accurate, they're just negative and therefore impact you? Yes, good, good, good point. A lot of information that comes our way, a lot of stimuli that comes our way to influence us. It's designed to get us to do something, to buy something, to, you know, to vote in a particular way, to, you know, it's designed to get us to, to, um, to do something, um, which may or may not um, be in our best interest. So a lot of times information that comes in that's, very emotionally laden. So it's information that um, comes with a high level of 
uh, emotional stimuli. It desi it's designed to stimulate your emotions a lot of times in a negative way. Um, you know, that is information to be more cautious about because a lot of times, you know, when, when stimulation comes in um, that gets you riled up, that gets you, uh, you know, angry or upset, um, a lot of times that's information designed to manipulate rather than inform you. So it's best to, that, that's why we say in the book, it's very important in today's environment to understand the difference between a fact and um, a belief or an assumption or also an emotion. Um, because a lot of times the stimuli that comes our way um, that's merely designed to influence us it you know, comes packaged in, you know, with a lot of emotion around it. And again, often negative emotion, right? Because it's designed to get us, it's designed, it's designed to, to stimulate our emotions, which actually interferes with our capacity to think clearly uh, and then obviously make uh, a more rational choice. Um, so that's become an issue. You know, you've got a lot of people exposing themselves to, um, to negative uh, kinds of stories that get them uh, very upset. And sometimes that short circuits their capacity to, to be uh, more rational and logical. Yeah, I think that's so vitally important, right? That when emotions rise, intelligence drops, right? It's like right. that. that <laughs> yeah. It really does work that way. Yes, absolutely. It really does work that way. And, you know, when we understand that, um, and, and, and actually work to protect ourselves from that, our agency goes up and our capacity to make better quality decisions goes up. Um, and the problem is that, that other people who are designing these messages to influence us, they have figured this out, right? They, they're a step ahead of many of us. And so we need to be, we need to make some adjustments um, ourselves personally and not take in information uh, that is unreliable, that is just designed uh, to stimulate our emotions and cloud our thinking. We've actually gone so far um, at this point to say getting news from social media is a mistake. Yeah. Social media is not designed to be a reliable source of, of information and, and news. So if you're getting much of your news uh, from social media, that's a place to start because that is not, a, there are no real standards in social media whatsoever in terms of quality control of that information. So that's a place to start. Get your news from reliable sources, um, the best quality sources, okay? So, so, you know, for a lot of people, you know, social media is an easy place to get their news because they're on social media, they're talking with their friends, um, but we're, we're advising people that, that, you know, just use social media for what it's, what it's, it's best at and don't use it uh, for what it's not good at. Yeah, I think that is so vitally important. I see it really in the, in the younger generations, especially my sister just turned 18. And I've, I've seen her sometimes and her friends come up with these crazy wild stories that had nothing to do with reality because they'd seen it on like Snapchat or whatever, right? And it's like, you've really got to like fact check, I think sometimes and like find out where that information comes from. Um, but but there's, a, there's another thing here that I'd really like to discuss, which is so, so one thing is those external like digital mainly stimuli. 
another kind of stimuli that all of us have in our lives, we've had it throughout entire history of humanity, is other people and this idea of selecting um, or associating selectively really with people that actually fit in our tribe. So can you share maybe that uh, Framingham Heart Study and how important the people in our lives really are in terms of affecting us? Absolutely. absolutely. So what you're talking about, Max, is the second principle of which is associating selectively. And this is probably the most important of all the seven principles of agency. And it's really simple. It, it, it is essentially this. When you choose to have people around yourself in your life who are supportive, people who also you, you, know, can, you can learn from, people who will challenge you, but also, um, you know, again, su support you and, and be helpful to you, um, your level of agency increases. You know, you, 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 you carry forward a sense of optimism. You, um, you basically are, are more empowered to live the life you want to live. If you surround yourself with highly negative people, people who um, criticize you all the time, people who kind of tear you down, um, or even worse, people who are abusive, uh, your level of agency will, will decline. And part of agency is physical health. Um, you know, agency involves um, our, 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 our mental health and our physical health. Um, in the Framingham Heart Study, you know, talks about the idea of, you know, people around us influence our, our, our overall level of, of health. Our, it affects our immunology, you know, how well our immune system works. It affects um, our, our levels of stress. Um, and it actually affects our cardiovascular health as well. So it's, it's very important to be aware of the people in your life you choose to uh, associate with. And this does not mean that when you have a relationship problem, you know, a conflict or something arises that you cut someone out of your life. It does, that, that's not what associate selectively means. It, it's, but it does mean paying attention to uh, what people you have in your life and, 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 and how they make you feel about, about yourself. And again, you want people who challenge you to learn. So it's not that I'm saying you want people who agree with you on everything. Um, you clearly want people who also, you know, you can learn from and can, can challenge you, but you don't want, you do not want people who tear you down and, and make you feel um, uh, badly about yourself all the time. That is, that is, that is not, not healthy. Yeah, I love this so much, especially this idea. And it's really one of the most important ideas in my life, which is like people care about how you make them feel. At the end of the day, I think that is the number one relationship building advice. If you can make the people around you, whether that is your family or your friends or your coworkers or just a random stranger in the street, if you can make them feel loved and appreciated, if you can make people happy, I think that is the greatest super skill in the world to go and touch someone's heart and actually make them feel better about themselves. So I uh, absolutely love that. And it's very important. And it's what leaders do. I mean, leaders need yes. to, the whole idea of leadership is, is to um, give the people around the leader higher levels of agency, you know, because agency is what allows them to get things done and to make progress. And so, 
um, whether you're, you know, you actually lead people in, 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 in your work, whether you, um, you know, simply influence other people around you, you know, all of us in some way, shape or form is a leader in our lives. And we want to be thinking about the impact we have on other people um, and also consider the impact that they have on us because it's really so important to, our, uh, to a healthy level of personal agency. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. And so, so I'm really curious, like for, for people listening to this right now that are leaders then, right? And they, like, they're listening to these principles and they really want to improve their team's sense of agency. What do you think would be the best ways to go about it, um, about really sort of getting them into those principles or habits and actions? What would be the thing, like the easiest go-to thing for a leader that really wants to, to boost their employees or their friends' um, sense of agency? Well, one of the things we recommend in our book uh, is we have a very brief uh, you know, questionnaire at the very beginning of the book. Um, and it, it's a way to take a mini self-assessment to see uh, where you stand on the seven principles of agency. So if you, if, you, if you have decided that you'd like to build more agency in your life, um, a place to start is to take this short inventory. Um, there's a sample of it on our website, which I'll, I can tell people about at the end. Um, to get a, to take a snapshot of where you are, and you see, you may see, what most people find is there's there there are a, a few of the principles of agency that they're doing okay, fairly well on, um, but there are usually a few that they're not doing so well on and that can be a place to start so you can jump into the book you can jump right to uh the specific principle uh where you 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 need to shore up your your skills um, and start reading about that one principle and under and learning how to how to put it into place in your life so um so that's one way um to to look at the book you know the other is you know if you're a leader um you know, is, is you can have people around you uh, in your group, on your team, read the book and, and have a discussion group around, you know, for each person on the team, which aspect of agency is, requires um, the most attention for each of them. You know, what do they need to focus on to have higher levels of agency? Is it their um, access to their own intuition? Is it their capacity to position themselves to learn? Is it focusing more on their, their, their physical health? Is it um, focusing more on their, their, their capacity for critical thinking, you know, through using logic and reasoning? So it, it varies from person to person. Um, but, but, you know, so the most important thing is to understand that we as people, you know, when we make decisions, uh, this is probably one of the most important things we do in our lives. So we're all decision makers. And, uh, you know, some decisions we make are small decisions. They don't matter so much. Some decisions are very decisions and they matter greatly. Uh, we are, what we say in the book is for all of us as people, we are the sum total of all the decisions we make over the course of our lives. So to become a better decision maker, uh, is to have a higher level of agency. And to be a better decision maker, we need to understand that when we make decisions as human beings, 
we make decisions with our whole bodies. We don't just make decisions with our brains. So when our physical health is out of balance, uh, you know, our decision-making often uh, suffers as well. So there's a whole number of things, which is where the seven principles come in, a whole number of things that influence our, our capacity to make good decisions. And so really, you know, the final common pathway for agency is this idea of decision-making, how we make decisions, how we use our intuition, how we use our analytical um, capabilities, you know, together, uh, weaving those together to make the best quality decisions. That becomes really one of the most important goals. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned this aspect of decision-making and how so many different aspects, our, our conscious thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs, sort of all align and come together to, to create these decisions in the end. And so to really, you know, weave everything together in the, in the end, I'd really love to, to talk a little bit about how emotions and beliefs and also our intuition all play a role in determining our decisions in life. So maybe to start with, can you share about... about a little bit about the, the biggest fallacies that people like sort of walk into when they when we think about beliefs. Um, I think there's a really fundamental aspect of decision-making in life, right? In terms of like what we choose to believe. And I, I really use that word in an active sense, I guess. What we choose to believe in life really has an impact on how we then go through our lives. That, that, that's exactly right. You, you said that really well. Uh, so, one of the principles of agency is called manage your emotions and your beliefs. And this is probably the densest chapter in the entire book. Um, and, and, and for one simple reason, uh, as human beings, we, we are primarily emotional creatures before we are thinking creatures. And, um, and so how we experience our emotions, how we uh, make sense of those emotions, how we act on those emotions um, becomes a really important question uh, for, for each of us in our lives. And similar to emotions, uh, we have beliefs. And, you know, all, so all of us have both emotions and beliefs. And for many people, um, they have not spent a lot of, of time thinking through uh, how they, they, they experience their emotions, how they use their emotions, uh, you know, in terms of how they make decisions. And also people haven't given a lot of thought to, to their beliefs and where their beliefs came from, um, you know, how to uh, use their beliefs in the best possible way uh, in their lives. And so this chapter or this principle of agency becomes really important. And so, you know, you mentioned specifically beliefs and why beliefs are so important is we all operate with beliefs and we all operate with assumptions. Assumptions and beliefs are very, are very similar in many ways. We, we gravitate toward beliefs as people because they, they help us navigate. They help us navigate through our lives, right? We have, we, we, we have, a, we have a belief, which is an understanding of how something works, right? How something is, is set up and, and, and we just, when we, when we make that uh, assumption or we believe in that, um, it helps us more quickly navigate, make decisions to navigate our lives. The problem is that the world is always changing. We're always learning, hopefully. 
And we oftentimes don't pause and reflect on some of the beliefs we have and update those beliefs. So what we say in the book is our beliefs are meant to be temporary guides to help us navigate through our lives. They're not, beliefs are not meant to be fixed things that never change. Now, we also talk about the, the, the very important difference between beliefs and values. Because, you know, all of us, if we really thought long and hard about it, we would probably, we could probably come up with a list of, of, of values that we all have, personal values, you know, say a list of three, four, five, six things. Um, our values tend to stay uh, more uh, fixed. You know, those are sort of un, more unchanging things. Uh, whereas our beliefs really are things we should be questioning at times for, in terms of their accuracy, and we should be updating. Sometimes it's a small tweak to the belief. Sometimes it's a radical, uh, you know, redesign of the belief. So because when we operate with beliefs that are inaccurate, that are outdated, um, you know, it, it, it oftentimes causes us problems, right? Because we're not dealing with reality. And so, you know, one of the things about agency that's very important, um, which you understand, Max, I know, is it's important for us all to try to acknowledge what's real and what isn't real. Um, and just because we believe something does not make it real. Yes. Uh, so, you know, that's why it's very important for us at times to be and be tough on ourselves a little bit and examine some of the beliefs we, we hold and, and determine, is that, is that belief really accurate? Does that belief really serve me well? Or do I need to um, update that belief uh, with new, you know, based on, on new information or something I've learned? Um, and so we want to have a certain ease with the beliefs we hold and not hold onto them too rigidly. Um, because when we do, um, you know, we become more rigid in, in our lives and it prevents us from learning. It prevents us from growing. Uh, and, and ultimately, you know, it, it, it lowers our, our personal agency. Yeah, I love that so much. And one of the things that I regularly try to remind myself of is that at the end of the day, my worldview is really dictated by these three pounds of gray mass up here that have never actually seen a day of light. And what that means to me, right, is like, at the end of the day, we're all just making this up, right? There is no direct thing that my brain is like going around and touching stuff and feeling stuff and seeing reality. It's always just what like the what's coming through my senses and then me creating some kind of mental representation of what I think is out there that's good enough so I don't bump into things, but not necessarily perfect. I think that yeah, is such an important reminder of, of what you're really saying here is that all the beliefs that we may have since we've been a little kid may actually need time for a little updating because they're not actually accurate and because they don't actually reflect the truth of the world and what's out there and what would actually serve us to get better. And so what can you suggest to people you know, they are thinking back and they're like, well, I might have a couple of beliefs, but I'm not really sure. Like how do people, first of all, find those limiting beliefs and then sort of overload you, upgrade that system and, and sort of get their version 2.0 and 3.0 and 4.0? Well, you know, it's a, it's a, that's a really great question. And one place to start is, um, is to ask, you, you know, your, yourself, uh, we'll go back to the fourth principle of agency, which is 
position yourself as a learner. And one of the places, the more important places to start in terms of assessing, you know, the beliefs that you operate with is it, it involves, you know, how much, how much, how, how you position yourself to learn in your life. So the question becomes, do I, do I open myself to new learning? And if so, you know, how do I do that? How do I learn in my life? Um, am I the kind of person who learns from reading a lot on my own and reflecting on that reading? Am I the kind of person who learns more by doing something? Uh, or am I the kind of person who learns more from talking with other people? For many of us, it's a combination of, of, of those things. But some people gravitate to one over the other. Um, we need to always be learning. It's, it's so fundamental to agency. Uh, and, and so one place to start, you know, as we start thinking about our beliefs is, am I learning new things? And one of the ways that you, you can answer that question is to say, um, you know, if I'm really learning, I, you know, if I'm really being open to new learning, sometimes I'm going to be learning something that conflicts with, with, with a belief I hold. It doesn't ring true. It makes me upset because um, what I've just read or what I've just, you know, spoken to another person about is in conflict with what I think is, is true, what I, what I believe to be true. And so you know, a place to start is to then you know, hit the pause button and reflect, well, is my belief, uh, does my belief need to be updated? Is, is my belief outdated? Is it wrong? Is it, um, and, and so we need to be open to questioning. Um, that, that, that belief. And, and, you know, but the other thing, just to back up a, a little bit further, is sometimes we don't even know what we believe. We, you know, uh, and, and we actually recommend in the book, um, as an exercise, you know, take 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and just make a list, make a bulleted list of some of the things, some of the beliefs you hold that come to mind most readily, you know, um, you probably can come up with a list of five or six things that are some of the core beliefs you operate with. If you really reflect, you know, deeply enough, you, you can come up with a list of a few things. And then you, then you can kind of start to challenge those beliefs and say, how do I know that's true? How do I know that's really accurate? How did I arrive at that belief? I mean, for, that's another level of um, questioning that you can engage in is, how did I get to that belief? Where did that come from? Did that come from, you know, my own direct experience and learning? Did that belief come from, you know, something somebody told me a long time ago? Um, you know, where did that come from? And so anyway, the place to start with beliefs is simply to be more open to questioning uh, yourself and, um, and acknowledging the the, the fact that, you know, we all do operate with certain beliefs. One of the things we say in the book is uh, quoting an, an author uh, of uh, one of my favorite authors, um, Joan Didion, who, who, who writes uh, simply this. Her quote is, we, we tell ourselves stories in order to live. What that means, it's a very short sentence. And what she means by that is that we think as humans in terms of stories. We develop a storyline, you know, a, a story about our, ourselves, our lives. 
And a lot of times embedded in those stories will be a belief. And sometimes those stories um, are simply stories. They're not really um, fully accurate. They're, they're, you know, so, so in some ways we want to ensure that the stories that we live by, that we tell ourselves are more reality-based, that they're more accurate and that they're not crazy. I mean, right now, of course, you know, we live in a time of a lot of conspiracy theories. People are embracing, uh, you know, wild conspiracy theories uh, you know, uncritically, and, um, and, and they really operate as if some of those things are objectively true. And, you know, if you do too much of that, you, you could really get yourself uh, into trouble. If, 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 if the stories you live by, the beliefs you live by, are wildly out of sync with reality, it can, it can really lead you astray. So, um, so I, I, does that does that answer the question? Yes, for sure. And this is such a great example because I think conspiracy theories. The one thing that's great about them is they show how much conscious choice we can bring into this equation. How much we can consciously choose. Hey, this is the thing I'm going to believe now. Now, for many of them, I'm sure it's unconscious thing that happened, right? But it is nevertheless something new, an updated belief that we can create around the world. And then completely changes our worldview. It completely changes the way we conduct our lives when we think about ourselves or our country or other people or the world. And so I think it is so important as a reminder that all of us have those beliefs and they may not be just as crazy as some of those, but all of us have beliefs that are limiting us in some way. And so just reminding ourselves of that and then going through this exercise that you just mentioned of really asking, where did that actually come from? Like from my mom or from my dad, or did I choose that? so vitally important um, really and you said something you, you said is you know our belief we want our beliefs to serve us well yes. you know when our beliefs are more in sync with with what's real they actually serve us well they're good navigational guides it's like the gps you have right uh on your car or you know in your mobile device uh you know when that guide when that nav navigational guide is accurate it really helps you it helps you get to where you're going well, you know, if that navigational guide is full of, of bad information, that's not reality based, um, you're going to you're going to run into a lot of, um, you know, uh, dead ends, you're going to run into a lot of trouble, because, you know, you're going to find yourself in places that, you know, you don't want to be. And so, you know, th this kind of leads to the, the final principle of agency, which is, we call deliberate then act and and deliberating and and before you act is you know a reference to the whole idea of what um juries do in a trial you know juries who sit uh, on a trial um and take in all the information all the facts they take in the the you know the, the what what the what the lawyers on both sides uh present uh in terms of you know, the, their interpretation of what the facts mean. Um, and then those juries have to go in and deliberate, meaning they have to try to think critically. What did I just hear? What facts were presented? Um, you know, what, what, how do I put those facts together and prioritize those and determine what really happened? And so, and, and then obviously the goal is to arrive at a just decision. So for each of us as individuals, that applies. We need to be able to deliberate 
effectively in our lives before we take action. And this is particularly true on imp very important life decisions. It's less true on, you know, am I going to have asparagus for dinner tonight or broccoli? You know, that's a small decision. But for big life decisions, we need to learn how to effectively deliberate before we take action. And that brings in the whole idea of critical thinking. And one of the things we share in the book is that uh, in order for us to effectively make decisions, the best decisions in our lives on important things, we need to learn how to think critically. And this is a skill, it's a learned skill. And it, because of the amount of information we uh, are bombarded with today, um, each of us needs to learn this important skill, how to think more critically, because that is the way that we can really uh, develop the greatest amount of agency in our lives um, by making um, the best quality decisions. So, you know, again, living in an information rich environment requires each of us to learn how to think more critically. And there's, the good news is there are courses on critical thinking now you can take. Uh, there are things you can read about it. it. It is a skill. Anyone can learn to become a good critical thinker. But it, it's something you need to learn how to do. It's not necessarily in, inborn in all of us. The capacity to do it is inborn, but the skill itself has to be developed. Yes, that's such an important point that like we all have the ability to do it, but there's another skill set that we then need to develop and co consistently hone in our lives, right? It takes practice, just like riding the bicycle or driving a car. We need to learn those mental skills of building agency, of making effective decisions, of choosing the right beliefs. And one thing, just one thing I want to highlight here really is like in the book you talk about knowing the difference and distinguishing between you know, facts, emotions, hopes, wishes, dreams, about all of these things that may play a role and really getting clear on like, what are actually the facts here? What are the emotions I'm feeling? What are the beliefs I have that may influence this? And what are maybe some just completely made up things that also subconsciously trigger and, and play into this whole thing? And I think understanding your own brain and learning to really study that and how those things affect you and your decision-making is so vitally important there. That's right. No, that you said that beautifully. You really, you really did. It's, it's acknowledging our own limitations. It's acknowledging that we sometimes can be influenced, uh, you know, in ways through our emotions that uh, may actually uh, not serve us well. And it's also recognizing our vulnerabilities, you know, our vulnerabilities as people. Um, and in the current environment, you know, it's, it's a cliche to say it, but we do, we do live in the information age. And living in the information age means we have a lot of information coming our way. And to effectively live in this information age, um, we have to learn how to make the best use of all that information. And as you said a minute ago, um, this is a skill, this is a learned skill. It's not necessarily, we're not necessarily born with it. We have to learn how to do that. And so, you know, this is why um, for us to have access to our full agency uh, in creating, a, you know, a, a, a life that uh, is most meaningful to us as individuals, 
um, we need to learn how to best adapt to the, the world we live in today. And, you know, that starts with, um, again, being able to think more critically about what we experience, more critically about how we think, uh, more critically about the role that emotions play in our, in our lives. So really, in some ways, to increase our level of self-awareness, which, you know, is obviously a very important part of what you study, Max, in psychology. I mean, psychology is, is about how, how do we as humans, uh, you know, make sense of our world? How do we uh, experience emotion? How do we think? How do we uh, go about living um, a good life? Um, so all of this stuff comes uh, to bear on our level of, of agency. Absolutely love that. Now, before we wrap it up here, for our listeners, you know, you've shared dozens and dozens of great ideas today. If you had to boil it down to just one challenge for each one of our listeners to walk away from today and to start applying today, what would be that one action step or that one idea that you really want people to focus on? Yeah, good, good question. Um, there, there's so many things that, um, you know, I, I could share with, 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 with all of you. And everyone's in a little bit of a different place with some of the stuff. But one thing that is very important um, overall to, to be aware of is our capacity to reflect as, 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 as people um, is so vital to our level of agency. So we want to create the space in our lives to actually reflect on where we find ourselves, what matters to us, and where we want to take ourselves in our life. And if we have crowded out all of that sort of more quiet, reflective time by being, uh, you know, busy every minute of every day or, or, or experiencing stimuli every minute of every day, uh, we're not going to be in a calm, grounded place. So create some space to reflect on where you find yourself. That's very important. And one way to do that is get outside. We are advising all of our clients these days on why it's so important to take ourselves into natural environments because it promotes greater reflection. And um, it's incredibly restorative to all of us to be in natural settings. And I'll refer people, I know we need to stop soon, but refer people to some of the studies on forest bathing. That's right, it's called forest bathing, yes. which comes from Japan. And this, I, the research on the idea of simply walking through uh, woods, the effects that that have mental health and also surprisingly on our immunology is really, there's some groundbreaking research on this. So, so increase the amount of reflective time in your life and get yourself, take yourself to natural environments and move around because that's the perfect place uh, to reflect more on yourself and where you find yourself and where you wanna take yourself. You know, thank you so much for mentioning this. This is forest bathing, this idea of just going out in nature, whether that is actually a forest or whether that's just the beach or the mountains. It's fundamentally changed my life. It's something I do every single day. On really? The oh, that's great yes, to hear. There's, there's you nothing better. Yes, whether it's, you know, going out for a run or for a walk, every single morning I go out there. Um, perfect, perfect. You, you know, that's a big agency building thing right there. Yes. Simple, simple thing to do 
to build into your day-to-day life, that actually builds agency. Yes, and I really just from, from, from a personal experience for all of our listeners, just going out there in the morning before you check your phone, before you check your emails, before you check in with anybody else outside there, you just go and check in with yourself, right? And you build that agency actively by reflecting on your dreams and your goals and who you want to be that day. It's really a fundamental game changer, but maybe a topic for another day. Um, so before we wrap it up here, can you share with our listeners, where can they find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, check out our website, which is powerofagency.com. Uh, there's a lot of information on, on the website, uh, both about agency, about speaking engagements we're, we're giving. There's a brief mini test, um, you know, one part of the test um, on agency on there. You can do a sample um, and you can also buy the book there as well. Uh, so, so check us out there. There's a whole bunch of interviews that we've given um, with, and there's some links on there as well. Um, but, you know, expose yourself to the idea of agency. It's really, again, I like to say to people, agency is the most important thing you may never have heard of. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. It's so, fun, it's so fundamental to, to, to us as people. So, um, so anyways, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed this, Max. Thank you so much. Really appreciate ha- uh, having you. Honestly, it was a fantastic time. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that will hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to, you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this, you know, passively, just think about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. So to really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, friend, a loved one maybe, that you think could benefit from this content, please consider, you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them, as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.